boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. Faster than an airplane, more powerful than a locomotive, impervious to bullets. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! No, this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Wait, that's me! What have I done today? I've been around the world and I, I, I just attended a whole bunch of city council meetings. Let's go, folks. First, to the town board meeting in Gaston. I have no problem sitting down and and working on the job descriptions with her. I don't believe we're going to get them done overnight because we have positions that don't have that. Well, I'll make a motion to nominate Katina to be a committee member to work with the town attorney on job descriptions. We have a motion on the table. Do we have a second for that motion? I'll second that motion. We have a motion with a second. Please take roll call. Aye. And next to the city council meeting in Winchester. A citizen here in Winchester, and this is exactly what edit money is for. So from a citizen standpoint, I would be all in favor of my government doing something as long as everything went the way it needed to sure. help that out. I just yeah. wanted to speak on that as well. You guys have been doing a great job the last several meetings, by the way, too. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's good to hear a positive one once in a while. <laughs> it's and then over to the city of Muncie for their common council meeting. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the June 3rd, 2019 meeting of the Muncie Common Council. At this time, I ask everyone to stand and gentlemen to remove your cover for the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Muncie even had time to do this anti-First Amendment weirdness. I'm going to have Miss Moore read the guidance for the public input. Guidelines for public input. It is recognized that citizens may, when appropriate, address the city council on matters of concern. According Accordingly, the City Council expects any citizen to speak in a civil manner with due respect for the decorum of the meeting and with due respect for all persons attending. No members of the public shall be heard until recognized by presiding officer. Speakers must state their name and home address for the record. Any citizen requesting to speak shall limit him or herself to matters regarding the issues, issue or issues of concern. Comments will be limited to three minutes unless prior approval by the presiding officer. Personal attacks made publicly toward any citizen or city employee are discouraged. Citizens are encouraged to bring their complaints regarding employee performance through the administrative supervisory chain of command in accordance with the city's personnel policies. Any member of the public interrupting city council proceedings, approaching the podium without permission, otherwise creating a disturbance or failing to abide by these rules of the procedure in addressing the city council may be deemed to have disrupted a public meeting and at the direction of the presiding officer may be removed from the auditorium by the police department, by police department personnel, 
or other agent designated by the city council. Wrong! That was crazy. And I am Christopher Bilbury, and this is Perception is Reality. So let's get into it. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbury. I am Christopher H. Bilbury, and this is the 11th episode of Perception is Reality. The name of this episode is Storming the Beach, and we'll get to that in just in a moment. But I want to say thank you for tuning in today. If you're listening, you've already taken the step. You've already clicked on iHeartRadio or Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, or you've went to perception.fireside.fm, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being a part of the team, for being a part of the discussion, for wanting to better yourself, for wanting to be involved and engaged and learn more and be part of the discussion. You've taken that step to do what we can as citizens to attempt to better government through citizen involvement. And I want to thank you. I also want to thank, again, the Vulgar Poets, the husband and wife team of Niles and Kate Thornburg for being producers on this show. And from here on out, I want to thank them very much for coming aboard. And the reason we do it is for you. It's to better the situation where you live for you and your kids and your kids' kids, whether you live in a town, a city, in the county. The goal is to improve your lives, and I want to thank you for taking a step to do that. Now, I want to ask you to do one more small favor for me, and that is share this episode, share this podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, share it on social media. And the easiest way to do that is to go on whatever social media format you have, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and type in, hey, check this podcast out. And then type in Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury and give the link as perception.fireside.fm. Or hell, just type in perception.fireside.fm and let them click on it. Okay, so what was all the craziness before the episode began? Well, here's the deal. On Monday, the day before this episode drops, there were three governmental meetings in East Central Indiana. A town board meeting in Gaston, Indiana, in Delaware County. A city council meeting in Winchester, Randolph County, Indiana. 
and a city council meeting in Muncie, Delaware County, Indiana. And I either attended or had boots on the ground at all three of those meetings and was able to follow the developments and get an understanding of what's going on in that community. Now, I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not asking you to attend four and five council meetings each Monday. I'm not asking you to go to every meeting in your community. I'm just asking you to get involved. Whether that means you go to one meeting a month from your community or you talk to politicians in your area, I'm just asking you to do a little bit in your area. Get involved, get engaged, and help hold them accountable. And that means... Give them praise when praises do. You heard at the beginning of the clip, I told my counselors in our meeting, you can hear my voice telling them that they had been doing a good job in the last several months. And that's because I truly meant that. But it also means holding their feet to the fire when that is also deserved. Now, I attend the meetings that I do and I involve myself in everything because I'm a political junkie and because of the podcast. So I'm certainly not asking you to do that, but I do that so I can get information and put this show on for everyone to listen. What does that have to do with storming the beach? Ladies and gentlemen, this Thursday is June 6th, 2019. Exactly 75 years from when the Allied forces landed on the beaches of Normandy during Operation Overlord, or what we call D-Day. It was Tuesday, June 6, 1944. It was World War II, and this was a major battle for the Allied forces. And when I'm talking about the Allied forces, I'm primarily talking about the United States, Britain, and Canada. And it was these 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old boys who became men the moment they waded into that water and saw nearly everyone else around them being shot down by German machine guns from up on the hills of the beach. Yet they forged on in a first wave, and a second wave, and a third wave. And the job of the people from the second wave was to get there and clear the bodies of the dead away so that the people from the third wave could move on and not be demoralized while seeing all of this. But of course, you're still seeing it, and it's got to be crazy, and you're hearing these bullets whizzing past your head and shooting these people. I heard a D-Day veteran once tell a story that everyone on his boat were in three lines. The left side went to the left, the right side went to the right, and the middle line went straight down the middle. And everybody that went left and right were all shot and killed. And the first ten people in front of him in the middle line were all shot and killed. And five or ten people behind him were shot and killed. But somehow, he made it to the beach. You know, I don't know how a person would go on in a situation like that, but yet you do because you have to. That takes massive courage. 
That takes just massive amounts of balls and the willingness to survive and the willingness to do what one has to do to be able to make it through. They were not called the greatest generation for nothing. They were called the greatest generation due to their unwavering courage, which is what we need to have when we take on the powers that be in our communities and in our local governments up at City Hall and in the county buildings and in the State House. Now, I am in no way, I repeat, I am in no way comparing a fight with City Hall to what these heroes faced during D-Day or any other kind of armed combat at any other point in any battle in any war ever. But talking about personal courage and the strength to carry on, it's something that I thought that I could pay tribute to these gentlemen while also giving a little bit of insight to the courage that we must have when we want to take on the local government. Because I'll tell you, it doesn't matter that you might be right. It doesn't matter that I was right in my fight with Winchester. It doesn't matter that I'm right, I'm fighting who I'm fighting. They're the government. I mean, it doesn't matter how podunk one-horse town you are when they're the powers that be. You have an uphill fight. And sometimes that uphill battle also contains machine gun fire. Not necessarily maybe with actual machine gun bullets, but with insults and personal attacks and name-calling and nastiness. And you have to be prepared for that. And you have to be prepared to see others around you fall and you have to have the courage to keep on going, just like those men did that landed on the beaches of Normandy. You know, the Prime Minister of Great Britain during World War II, Winston Churchill, said it best when he said, We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, we shall fight in the fields and in the streets, we shall fight in the hills, we shall never surrender. Wow. What awesome words. We'll be right back. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. All right, folks, so this Thursday, being the 75th anniversary of D-Day, has made me want to talk about those young men that gave all, those that made it up through and beyond to be veterans of the landing, and of course those that made the ultimate sacrifice. But I've wanted to talk about what they did and what that means to us and in some small way bolster our confidence and our courage 
when we have to, from time to time, take on the powers that be in our communities. Because, let's face it, those young men that landed on that beach did so for the freedoms that so many are squandering today. The point of all of this is to wake everybody up so that we can take back control of our rights so those young men didn't die in vain. We need to be good stewards of our rights, our God-given rights as American citizens, as they were outlined in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and as protected by those in the service, those that fought and are veterans, and of course, those that gave the ultimate sacrifice. Now, let's talk about that for a moment. During the Allied assault on Normandy, there were 209,000 Allied casualties and 37,000 killed in action. They knew it was going to be rough. Those in charge knew it was going to be rough. And those boys who became men the instant they touched that water were scared. But they were courageous and they knew what needed to be done and they fought the good fight. They knew what they faced. An enemy well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. An enemy who would fight savagely and still the Allied forces got into their planes, loaded onto their ships, still they chose to go, they chose to risk it all, and they triumphed. They won. They were victorious. We won the war. And sometimes you're going to face a situation where you're not going to know the outcome. And in situations like this, I often tell people who are facing fighting with their local government, taking on a counselor or the council as a whole or their mayor, I often tell people that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I mean that. I mean, there are going to be days that you're two steps ahead and there are going to be days that you're two steps behind. And there are going to be days where you're being slammed and they're calling you all kinds of names and you're facing personal attacks. But you have to keep the faith. I'm going to tell you a story. In May of 2017, I was just about five months in to a very long battle with my local broken government in Winchester, Indiana. It was the battle over the drug rehab facility that I have spoke about in the past and will speak about many, many times in the future. And there were a lot of parts to this. There were various different angles and issues and questionable acts by the government and I was trying to stay on top of it all. Now, 
The fight started in January of 2017, but when it first started, I was in a very small group of people that was raising issues with what the government was doing. There was also a small group of supporters of the mayor and the counselors that were just absolutely over the moon in love with this project. And then there was a large group of citizens, the majority of people, that really didn't know where to fall or what to do or what to think. But in wanting to give the government the benefit of the doubt, they were listening to what they were saying and they were buying into the bullshit and they were thinking that I was just absolutely crazy so from like January to like March it was really tough for me I was getting people telling me that I was crazy I was an asshole I needed to move they wanted my kids to die of heroin overdoses just crazy shit because I was speaking up as a citizen. People telling me that Winchester didn't need someone to speak out, that there was nothing wrong with the government doing what it wanted, nobody cared what I had to say, and it was really tough. I lost friends over it at first. Now, they've come around, and I've actually gained quite a bit back from the other side because I've won this war, but... During the early phases of this, it was tough. Now, in about April or May, the tide started to kind of turn. I was gaining more evidence. I was getting records through records request, and I was proving what I was saying was accurate. And I was releasing this information in the early days of what would turn into this podcast. And in May... I finally got my hands on a loan application that the mayor had filled out, in my opinion, possibly fraudulently, and in others as well. He had applied for a loan, which he did not have the authority to do. He had lied on the loan application in a couple different areas, and he had overstepped his bounds as a mayor. I said that then... I said it before I had my hands on it. I said it when I had that in my hands, and I say it now. And I've been right every time I've said it. But when I finally released that, when I finally got my hands on it, on May 2nd, 2017, citizens who had been slamming me finally started coming around. And they started reaching out to their city council members in various districts, and the at-large city councilor, and they started reaching out to the mayor, and then the council started reaching out to the mayor, and all hell broke loose because they started giving the mayor a bunch of crap. Well, people started siding with me a little bit more, and I started building momentum. And the very next day, a police car showed up, sitting outside my house. By May of 2017... I'd lived in the house for four years, and we couldn't get a police car to come park on the street and monitor the speed or watch the stop sign that people often would run. We had called many times and just couldn't get a police officer to come park 
for 10 minutes in front of the house to slow traffic down. However, the day after I made the mayor of the town look bad, a police car pulls up out front while I'm mowing the yard and sits there for about 45 minutes. Now, as a former police officer, I know that a police car can sit anywhere on public property they want on any public street no issue no problem no question running traffic investigating something doing whatever no harm no foul i didn't think much of it until the next day the same police car the same police officer pulls up in front of the house again and does the same thing for about 45 to 50 minutes Now, about 20 minutes into his second day there, I walked out and said, Hey, anything I can help you with? Is anything going on? And he looked out the window at me. His mobile data computer was closed, and he didn't have his phone in his hand, and he said, Oh, I just pulled over to check some messages. He wasn't checking any messages, and he just sat there. And I said, Okay, and I walked back up to the house, and that was that. He then sat there for about 25 more minutes. The next day, I get called home from work because the CPS, Child and Family Protective Services, is in our house wanting to talk to the parents of the children there because there was a report, an anonymous report of abuse. Now, for those that don't know me, the kids are the most loved, spoiled kids that you would ever see. They're in dance and football and basketball and soccer. They're both A-B students that do pretty much anything they want, anytime, with complete loving parents, loving extended family, and the absolute best possible life that two children could have. We had never had a problem with CPS before. We were clean. We both work. And so CPS being at the house is something that I couldn't even begin to fathom. It made no sense. It made literally no sense until I pulled up at the house going 200 miles an hour from work back to the house and I pull up to see the police car sitting in front of the house. And all of a sudden I think, oh my God, This is because I'm fighting City Hall. You know that song, You Can't Fight City Hall? You can't fight City Hall, baby, you ain't gonna win. Well, I was fighting City Hall, and City Hall started getting some black eyes because of it. And all of a sudden, police are sitting outside my front door, and CPS is at my house. Now, the children were fine. The children laughed and joked with the CPS people, had no clue what was going on. 
The CPS people quickly closed out that investigation. It was unfounded as bullshit. I said, that's what I want it stamped. I want a big red stamp, and I want this to be in your file, and I want it to say bullshit on it. They never released where the report came from. I would say it was probably made anonymously. It is what it is. But after that day... The police started sitting outside my house two, three, four times a week, anywhere from 20 to 40, 60 minutes at a time. I start getting pulled over every couple days. My wife starts getting pulled over every couple days. My mother, who comes to the house periodically, starts getting pulled over. I get pulled over four times in one day, all to let me know that I was fighting a pretty powerful organization most people would break when that happens i mean you talk about cps being involved with your life but here's what i got to thinking you know if i shut up and go away and let them beat me down then the next person who has a problem they're going to do that same thing too and maybe they're not as strong or maybe somebody else doesn't quit and they actually end up pushing and doing something stupid to that person. So I figured the best way to protect myself and the best way to protect others was to continue the fight. I talked with my wife. I talked with my family. I talked with my neighbors and my friends. And we dug our heels in. And I went to war with these people because I knew that I was right And I knew that they were wrong. And it took courage to do that. Now, I'm not saying I was always courageous. A lot of times I was scared. And without the help of others around me, I might not have been able to do it. But with us as a team and my knowledge and my understanding we were able to be victorious. We were able to charge the hill and win the war. We may have lost some battles, but by God, I won the war. The main thing is knowledge was my weapon. Knowledge was my protection. I was knowledgeable about what they can and cannot do. I was knowledgeable about what my rights were as a citizen. I was knowledgeable about where I could go to get what records and what records they had to give me. And I was willing to keep the fight. I was willing to go on to the end. I was willing to fight with growing confidence and growing strength, whatever the cost may be. I was willing to fight and never surrender. Perception. Perception. Perception is is reality. Reality. Folks, you're listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey at perception.fireside.fm. Again, that's Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey at perception.fireside.fm. I hope you're enjoying today's episode, and I would ask that you please share this with your friends and your family. You can do so by sharing the link 
perception.fireside.fm. Please help share the podcast, help share the message, and help join others in the discussion of freedom and bettering government through citizen involvement. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. All right, folks, we're back. Let me ask you this. What is it about those young men on the beach of Normandy that were seeing all the death and destruction and all of the horrors of war? But what kept them going? What kept their courage up, kept their strength, and helped them make it through? What helps the citizen be willing to stand up and go toe-to-toe with their elected officials? You know, those officials are supposed to be working for us. People often forget the fact that they are working for us. And every two or four years, depending on the office, we get a chance to throw their asses out. But we have to be willing to do it. We have to be willing to keep up with what's going on and to be engaged and to be informed and to know who's in the right, who's in the wrong, and who to keep and who to get rid of. Let's talk a little bit about what helped me continue fighting the fight and what I believe that those young men had back on that beach in 1944. And that's the American spirit. An attitude of the odds are stacked against us. Our backs are to the wall. We don't stand a rat's chance in hell. But screw it. Let's do it. This kind of attitude is what founded this country. Talking about that in last episode, the dregs of society, that idea of nobody knows what's better for me than me, and nobody is going to hold me down. That kind of attitude is what helped to found the country. It won our wars and it kept our republic going as long as it has been. Now, some question whether or not we might be faltering, and I'll be honest, I don't know where I stand there. I believe that there's a lot of citizens like me and like you that are willing to stand up and fight and do right. I also feel like there's a lot that doesn't have a clue what the hell's going on, And there's a lot that's asleep at the wheel, and that is downright scary to me. But a renewal in the American spirit is what our country needs to help build ourselves up again. We have so many people, and I mention this all the time, so many people that are willing to bitch about Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi or Indiana people bitching about abortion in Georgia, or what's going on with straws in California. I don't give a shit about that. That's California's problem. I have enough to worry about in my own state. What I want to do is empower each and every one of you to pick up the fight and to do right by you 
and your family and your neighbors and your citizens in your community. Because listen, if you are happy in your community and things are going well there and your officials are doing right by you and your neighbors a majority of the time and I'm happy in my community and things are going well here, then the chances of us sending better officials on to the state and then us collectively being happy are better. And then if we are happy in our states with our officials, the chances of sending people on to the national level is better. It's a feeder system, folks. We need good council members and good mayors and good county commissioners so that then we can have good state representatives and state senators and governors so that then we can have good United States Congress and presidential candidates so our nation isn't in a shithole. But it all starts at home. You know, I've always said, if the person goes out and picks up their yard and makes their yard look better, that will help the neighbor want to pick up their yard. And that might help the others on the block to pick up their yard. And if that block looks good, maybe the whole street will look good. And if the whole street looks good, then maybe the neighborhood will start looking good. It takes little steps. You're more affected by what goes on here right next door and right down the street at City Hall than you are by what Nancy Pelosi is doing. But yet you spend so much time on that and so little time on this. And that's what we need to change. We need to build up the American spirit again. The spirit that says, I'm in it to win it, and I will not quit it. We need that in the country again. If we're going to reclaim the republic, if we're going to live the American dream that so many around the world long to have. And it starts right at home with the tools at hand. So, talking about tools at hand and throwing back to D-Day and the Normandy invasion, I want to talk about another Churchill. Not Winston Churchill, but Mad Jack Churchill. This gentleman's name was John Malcolm Throp Fleming Churchill. He was a decorated British Army officer who fought throughout the Second World War, armed with a longbow, bagpipes, and a basket-hilted Scottish broadsword. I know, a little eccentric, but here's the deal. He used the tools at hand. Mad Jack Churchill was a badass. He said once, if it wasn't for the damn Yanks, we could have kept up the war going another 10 years. Now, that seems a little crazy, but it's the fighting spirit. And that's what you have to have when you're facing the enemies in battle. But it's also what we have to have today when I'm calling your attention to taking up the cause of fighting for your communities. I'm not talking about revolution or anything crazy. 
I'm simply talking about elected officials acting the way they're supposed to be acting. I'm simply talking about officials running campaigns saying X, Y, and Z, and when they get into office, us as citizens, their bosses, the public, holding them accountable and making sure that X, Y, and Z happens. I'm asking for nothing more than to not be screwed over by our elected officials. I'm asking for nothing more than our elected officials to put us and the community first above themselves or their political careers or any other bullshit they have cooking. All I want to know is that our elected officials are doing right by us. You know, I heard recently a producer on a radio program in Indianapolis, 93.1 WIBC, Rob Kendall, a gentleman that I loved to listen to on the radio. He said something that I thought was just genius. A mayor, and it doesn't matter if you're the mayor of Winchester, the mayor of Muncie, the mayor of Indianapolis, the mayor of New York, you have four duties. Roads, public safety, snow removal, and trash removal. That's your four duties. And everything else is fluff. Everything else is bullcrap and doesn't matter. Roads, public safety, which is police and fire, snow removal, and trash removal. So, if you can't do those four things or you're failing on those four things, it doesn't matter what else crap you do because those are your four important goals. And if you're doing those four things right, that's fantastic. And anything else you're doing, great. But if you're screwing up on those four things and you're screwing up on all the other crap that you're trying to do because of your own agenda or your own political career, well then screw you and we're throwing you out of office. And I don't care how many times you sick the police on me or how many times you threaten to arrest me in a city council meeting or how many ignorant ordinances that you read from or how many resolutions that you read telling us that we can't talk in council meetings or how many times you tell us that we can't be heard or that you won't answer or that you don't care what we have to say because that doesn't work by God. We have the American spirit and we're going to hold you accountable because men and later on, men and women died protecting our freedoms, the freedoms that we are using today and that we are not going to sit by and watch you try to suppress. These are our God-given rights and freedoms protected by those that gave the ultimate sacrifice, period. You work for us now, we're going to be polite and as polite as possible about it. But no more will we accept your bullcrap and we're just simply not going to take it. And we're going to use the American spirit 
and the tools at hand. And what are those tools? The knowledge of what is right and what is wrong. The full knowledge and understanding of our rights as American citizens. You know, no city, no county, no town, and no state can make any ordinance, rule, or law that further takes away from your rights that the United States Constitution and Bill of Rights lays out for you. They can better enhance those rights, but they cannot shackle you down more. And if you're not careful, that's what they try to do. Let's go back to the blurbs from the beginning of this episode. There were three council meetings that occurred before the recording of this episode. A council meeting in Winchester, Randolph County, Indiana. A council meeting in Muncie, Delaware County, Indiana. And a town board meeting in Gaston, Delaware County, Indiana. The reason I took little excerpts from all three of those meetings was because in Gaston, for the last couple years, they've been having a hellacious fight. And in Winchester, for the last couple years, we have been having a hellacious fight. And in Muncie, for the last many, many years, they have been having a hellacious fight between what the citizens think should be happening and between what the officials think should be happening in each one of those communities. In Gaston, the citizens have banded together, have pretty much told the officials what's what. They have told them to kick rocks, and they pretty much have. They've come out, they've voted, and they are on the way to taking back their community and making it the community that they want to live in again. Fantastic. My hat's off to you, Gaston. In Winchester, we still have a little bit to go. We still have a little ways to go in this fight. And it's still not over, over. But I'm seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And we are going to make it. In Muncie... I don't know about Muncie. There's still a lot to do. There's a lot of citizens up in arms, but then I see the numbers that turned out in this last primary in May of 2019, and it's very disappointing. A lot of citizens just said, screw it. And when that happens, and citizens don't stand up and don't get informed and don't exercise their right, then the officials snake in and they do what they want to do and they ruin a lot of things and that's what we're seeing in Muncie. So I played those three excerpts from those three meetings because in Gaston, they're chugging along doing what they're supposed to be doing and I applaud you, Gaston. In Winchester, you heard me give the council credit. In Muncie... Ah, they're still trying to do anti-First Amendment crap, and you've got council members 
who are giving other council members papers to have other council members read to try to cut down on letting the citizens speak in the meetings. Uh, (laughs) Okay, thank you, uh, Mrs. Counselor Powell and Mr. Counselor Marshall and Mrs. Counselor Moore. I thank you for reading this ordinance, but uh, I'll stand up and speak to you anytime I please, as long as I'm not threatening, not violent, not out of line, you might not like what I have to say, but you work for me, the citizen, and your butt is in that seat because I allow you to be. Now, in that case, I'm saying me as the citizen sitting in for all of you because I'm not a citizen of Muncie, but that's what I'm saying. They don't have the power over the citizens, folks. And in Muncie, you guys need to wake up and take back what's yours. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us today on Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. I want to thank you all for listening, and I want to ask you to do me a big, big favor. Once you've listened to this message, please share this. Share this with your friends, your family, your loved ones, your neighbors, your co-workers. It doesn't matter where they live. If they live in your city, if they live in the next city over, if they live a state away, share this with the people that you care about. Share this with strangers. Put it on your Twitter, put it on your Facebook, put it on your Instagram, and all that other social media crap. You can find me on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbrey. You can find this podcast at all hosting sites like Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and so on by searching for Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbury. But as always, you can find us under one roof at perception.fireside.fm. This has been the 11th episode called Storming the Beach. I want to give a shout-out to all of the men and women in uniform, police, fire, EMS, and military. I want to give a special shout-out to the veterans of the military, those that are still with us from World War II. We don't have many left. Thank a veteran. Thank a police officer, fireman, EMS. They put it all on the line for us each and every day. Don't let them down. Stand up for your freedoms. And until next time, this has been Christopher Bilbrey for Perception is Reality. Have a great day. God bless. And hope to see you next time. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, 
Perception. Perception is. 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 <laughs>